Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We have a problem in America. And one statistic says that you have 15 million children in the United States are from fatherless homes. And so we're talking about one in three. So 33 and a third percent of children live in a fatherless home. And so if you look back and compare it to 1960, 11% of the children had a fatherless home at that time. So we know it's increasing vastly. I said, Lord, we do have a, a problem. And I was listening to a minister when he was when he was a youth pastor in Colorado. He said that his youth group had a a project they wanted to do. They wanted to bless people in the prison. So on Mother's Day, they said what we're gonna do is check the card companies uh, like Hallmark, Hallmark and all those different card companies, and any leftover cards that weren't sold, could they donate them to the prison because they were going to the prison and they were going to give out free Mother's Day cards. And so they got all these cards together. That's a large youth group. And they went to the, the prison and gave all of them out. They didn't have not one card left. It's amazing. And he said, well, let's do the same on Father's Day. So they did the same thing. The car companies just shouted them with all these cars. They went to the prison, and not one car was taken. Not one. Now, that's amazing. This is coming from a pastor, so you know he's not lying. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I, I couldn't understand. I said, well, this is crazy. Well, I mean... Everyone has a father, you know, if he, if he might not be living, but, you know, you, I said, why is it different? We have a problem in the United States. I said, well, God, what can we do as a church for the living God? What can we do to help the problem? Because we know that, they, that society is not going to help. We know they can't help because society is, is, of course, getting worse. So how can we help as a church of the living God? So I'm going to give you three or four things. And let me tell you, it's more things we can do, but let's just talk about just two or three or four. The first thing is that in these, these, these things, let's go number one. I, I really believe that we need to pray. We need to pray. Because unless heaven moves, nothing's going to happen. And Jesus is the answer for everything. Nothing that we can do is going to help apart from Jesus Christ. So prayer is the first thing we have to do. As intercessors and, 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 and everybody, we have to pray because there 
is a problem. Now, let me tell you um, one of the things that we need to understand about this problem. In Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 13, verse uh, probably 7, it's an interesting thing there that was said. You've heard, if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. Well, we know that that's speaking of Jesus Christ, that he was smitten, of course, but for our healing, for our salvation. But the disciples scattered. And he rose again, and he met them, of course, and uh, showed himself and did miracles and things like that. And they believed. But if it were not for him coming back, then they would have scattered. And that's what everyone knows, that if you think, if you think about the natural, if you have a shepherd that's, 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 a, that's leading sheep, if you get rid of the shepherd, what is the sheep going to do? Who are they going to follow? The sheep are going to scatter. God has made it in his divine wisdom. He's put everything together from Genesis to Revelation. He has put as head of the family the man. Is that true? That's, that's Jesus doing. That's not my doing. It's not society's doing. That's Jesus doing. He's put the male as the head of the family, and, and he says he wants, he wants the, the, the man and the, and the woman to uh, replenish the earth. He, he wants them to, to reproduce. That's, that's one of the reasons of getting married is to reproduce. And he wants God, a godless seed. Is that correct? Because it's his children. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And he wants us to bring those children up and give them back to him. And he wants them brought up the way he says. So they are God's children. And, and, and so he says that I want this man to be the shepherd of this family. He's the leader of this family. And he gave everybody instructions, whether it be in Ephesians, he, in, in, in there's one uh, good place he gave, he gave the responsibility for the male. He said, you, you just be just like Jesus. He told a female, I want you to be the wife, I want you to be just like the church to Christ. He told the children, I want you to obey your parents. I want you to honor your father, honor your mother. That's what he said. Now, that's God's doing. If we do it God's way, we're going to get God's result. But we're not doing it God's way in society. And Satan knows that the way I can get, get to, to, to Jesus, I know that, that my time is short. But what I'm going to do is his plan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of his plan. I'm going to put in my plan. And my plan is that I'm going to get rid of the head of that family. And so whatever I can do to cause confusion between the husband and the wife, I'm going to cause this confusion. And a lot of times children see that confusion in the family. And when he also, he says, I want to get this man so, so sold out for his job, so uh, uh, tied up in his time and his job and his, his recreation and his hobbies 
that he's not going to have time for his children. He's not going to have time for his wife. And see, that's going to split the family because God has said that that is not what you're supposed to do because Jesus Christ doesn't get so busy that he doesn't take care of his church. Let's go to the first scripture that was on my notes, Malachi chapter 4. Now, this is, a, this is the last book of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and we want to see in the last book, the last verses, He says, Behold, in verse, um, well, let's start in verse 4. He said, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinances which I commanded him in Horeb, all for all Israel. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. What is he going to do? He will restore. When you restore something, did you ever have it? Was it ever good? If you restore a house, was the house ever a new house? Was the house ever an okay house? Yes, it was. But, it, but somehow it, needed, it needs a lot of work done to it. And so he says, I'm going to restore. We can say we're going to restore this property. We're going to restore this house. We're going to restore whatever it is, and he says, I'm going to restore the hearts of the fathers to their children. So something must be wrong with the hearts of the fathers during this time. Something must be wrong with it if it has to be restored. And it says that to their children. So the hearts of the fathers had gone away from the children. Need restored. And it says the hearts of the children to their fathers. So the hearts of the children have been turned from their fathers. He says, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. This is God speaking through the prophet Malachi, and he says that, tell them if Elijah doesn't come and restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, if, 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 if they don't listen, I'm going to come and smite the land with a curse. God is serious, isn't he? About the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children's heart to the fathers. He's very serious about that. He didn't say anything about the hearts of the children to the mothers or the mothers' hearts to the children, did he? No. No. It's the fathers. It's the fathers' hearts. So we know that God sees that there is a problem. There's a problem. What else did God see as a problem? Let's look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 13. Let's look there. And it says that, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, the speaking of John the Baptist. And if you are willing to accept it, 
John, speaking of John the Baptist, himself is Elijah who was to come. So we know that Elijah, when it says in Malachi, I'm going to send you Elijah before this day, and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children of the hearts to the fathers. And we know that John the Baptist was who he was speaking of, that Elijah who was to come. What did Elijah do? What was Elijah's ministry? Was he, was he, wasn't he a forerunner for Jesus? Wasn't he pointing the way? He said, I'm not the one. I, I can't even untie the, uh, you know, the, like, the, the latches of his sandals. I can't do it. It's him. I'm pointing the way to him. And he says, repent. So that, that, that he, he had a ministry of repentance, baptizing uh, baptizing the John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And so we know that the one who would come was Jesus Christ. So we know that Elijah, if he's going to turn the hearts to the, of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, that means that there must be some repentance going on. There must be some acknowledgement going on that we, we have missed this thing and we have to look to Jesus Christ because he's the answer. He's the answer. Jesus has already come. He lived. He was born and he lived. And he died. He was crucified for our sins. And he rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father of power. We know that he is the answer to all of our problems. So now I said, well, okay, God, is it anything else now? I want to see how you see this problem. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Let's go there. Now, here it says that I do not write these things to, to shame you, but to admonish you uh, as beloved children. He says, for if you were to have countless tutors, or some versions said teachers, in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. Now, what this is saying that, that I'm gaining that how can we apply this now to us? Do you know that today's society, more so than even back then, is that you can, you can be taught from countless, countless people, whether it's through the Internet, whether it's through uh, CDs, whether it's through TV. I mean, there's so many teachers that's teaching the Word of God that you, you're not at any shortage of teachers in the United States of America. You're not in a shortage of any teachers. Just as it was not back then. But he says, yet you would not have many fathers. What's the difference between a teacher and a father? Fathers teach, don't they? They should be teaching their children, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should be. So what's the difference between what he's talking about, you have countless Tutors are teachers, but not many fathers. What do the fathers do that teachers don't do? Okay, that's one thing. A father will hold you accountable. A father is also interested in more than just teaching you. A father is a person who, like, birthed you. I mean, he, he, he was the one who who you are his. 
you're his, his possession, his, 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 well, when I say possession, you're his child. You are, I don't care what kind of child's behavior you have, you love your child. There's not a parent in here that doesn't love their, their child, and your child might not be walking with the Lord, but you still love your child. You know, you've seen people say, uh, you've seen them on TV, uh, probably in the news and things like that, uh, they, 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 they will talk to this, the mother of this serial killer, and, they, and the mother will say, what? Oh, you know, he, he's, he was a good boy. You know, he has a good heart. He just went astray a little bit. The mother's always got something good to say about their child, regardless of how bad that child's behavior has been. One thing you don't want to do is talk about a child to the child's mother. Really. If you haven't found that out, trust me. Don't do it. Because the mother is going to be protective of that child. And the father, that's a different story. And that's what we're here today is saying that God doesn't want that way. God wants the father to be the same way towards that child. His heart should be just like that mother's heart for the child. I've heard countless mothers tell, tell, tell me, tell, pray for my child. Pray for my child. They're going to stretch. Pray for my child. They're not walking with the Pray for my child. I haven't had any fathers that I can remember ask me to pray for their child. Isn't that something? Now, do you think the father doesn't care? Yeah, the father cares. It's just that how much do you care? A mother, it's on the mother's heart all the time. If it weren't for our mothers or grandmamas, usually most of us wouldn't have been saved. But it shouldn't be that way because the head of the family is the father. And, and, and God has said it like Jesus. Jesus is ever interceding for the church. Ever, the church is not ever interceding for Christ. So the head of the church, Christ, is ever interceding. So we as men, we got to start changing our hearts because we need to get in with this restoration process that God wants. And I'm talking about me. I'm talking about every single male in here because even if you're not a father now, you might be one at some point in time. And as the message goes on, you'll see what I'm speaking of. He says, for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. He's talking about this uh, his spiritual children at Corinth. That's what he was talking about. So I said, okay, I can teach people, but until I want to be a father to the congregation, I'm nothing more than anybody they can see on TV or hear on Internet, if that's all I'm going to be. Somebody that's going to give you information. There's no shortage of information in the United States. There's a shortage of fathers, somebody who really cares for you, 
somebody who labels over you at night, somebody who is, is, is there for you, somebody who's taking an interest in you, even when you're not doing the things you should be doing. Because that's how a father is. That's how Jesus is. He's interested in us even when we are not doing what he, he, he wants us to do. He, matter of fact, he died for us when we were yet sinners. Right? That's what God wants. You cannot say that Jesus Christ doesn't have time for me. Because he does, doesn't he? So we as men, we, can't, we shouldn't say, I don't have time for my children. Jesus has time for his church. We shouldn't be saying, I don't have time for my, my wife. No job uh, should get in the way because God has told us, be careful for nothing but in all things by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to me. He said that you can't serve God and mammon. He said that uh, don't, don't, don't take no thought for what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to do, all these things. Because he said, I, have, I know you have needed those things before you ask. He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That's what he said in Matthew. So he said, I'm going to provide for you. You do what I asked you to do. But the world says that, no, if you don't produce more than I think you should produce, then we'll get rid of you. You won't have a job. So God says, hey, don't fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So we shouldn't be fearing. I'm telling you that God, you, I'm telling you, fathers, you are precious in the eyes of the Father. You're precious. And you say, well, well uh, I, don't, I know about Jesus, but I don't know about my Father. Well, let me tell you that Jesus, one of his names, is, is, says unto us a, a, a child has been born, unto us a son has been given. And then it says that the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called, and it has five names. It says, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. And then it says, The Everlasting Father. You're speaking of who? Christ. The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. If he's the Prince of Peace, he's the everlasting Father too, isn't he? So we can look to Christ and we can say, I want to be like Christ. I want to be a, I want to be a Father. I want to be like Christ because he's the everlasting Father. Let's go a little bit further. In Psalm 65, it tells us that God is a father to the fatherless. He is. He is. That's the part I want to emphasize. He takes care of the widows too. But it says God in his holy habitation. He is the one. But he is a father to the fatherless. I want us to remember that because I know I didn't have a father. My father was not in the home I grew up with. I had an uncle. I grew up in a household with an uncle. And he was not a good example. 
either. Uh, and then in my mother's house, she didn't have a husband until she, uh, her husband died. My father didn't marry her. Later on, she married a fellow. His name was Mr. Albert. And he was nice. He was really, really nice. He was a nice gentleman. Uh, but I didn't look to him as a father. Uh, you know, my mother ran the household. And he, he said, yes, honey. I remember, I remember those words. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. That's, that's, I mean, I remember that. Uh, whatever she said, do. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. Um, I remember that. And when I was over my father's house, my father was harsh. Uh, he, 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 I, I hated to go over my father's house. And so I had a bad experience in that. But I have no excuse for being a poor father myself because Jesus has said in his words, Jesus is the word, he said that God is a father to the fatherless. So that it takes any excuse away. So the number one thing we can do, the number two thing, the number one thing we can do is pray. Number two thing we can do is that I need to be healed. You need to be healed of any father of fatherless issues. Otherwise, I'm disobedient to the word because Jesus told me. Honor my father and my mother. So if I didn't honor my father, then I'm disobedient to the word. I'm planting seeds that I don't want the crop to come up. And so once I got saved and once I started learning the Bible, I started trying to develop a relationship with my earthly father. And God gave me the grace to lead him to the Lord. And he did. He got baptized. Went to the baptism. He was from North Carolina. And, and so I was so happy that I did work on that relationship and had a much better relationship than I had when I was growing up. But there are other father, father figures that we have in our lives. There are spiritual fathers. There's so many people, do you know, have bad experience from coaches. They have bad experience from teachers that they looked up to. They have bad experience from pastors. They have bad experience from people who were father figures. And people sometimes don't even come to church anymore because of some experience they had with leadership in the church. We have to be healed from that. Otherwise, we'll be in disobedient to the word of God because God wants people being spiritual parents, spiritual fathers and mothers to young people. He wants that. And I had to be healed from that too because I had some bad experiences from people who were in my life, coaches, uh, you name it, teachers, pastors, it doesn't matter. I had some bad experiences. But I had to be healed from that because I don't want to sow seed that is against the word of God. We need to be healed. We need to be healed. If you're not going to be healed, you're not going to be able to walk 
way God says to walk. You're not going to honor the way God says you need to honor. So healing is the first thing we need to do. And as a matter of fact, the word says that uh, confess your faults one to another. Right? Pray for one another that you might be healed. Because the effectual firm prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Ephesians 5.16. So I'm telling you that God wants healing from this. It's got to be a lot of people who grew up fatherless who have not been healed from that. Otherwise, why would no card be taken from people who are in prison? No card. Why would, why would Father's Day be a less attended service than Mother's Day? Just, just, just asking questions, see? Because of the absentee father in society. Let's go a step further. So we, we said we need to pray. We said we need to be healed. Another thing we need to do, we need to relate to our Heavenly Father Meaning that we want to be like Jesus. Let's turn to John 17, the Gospel of John. In John 17, Jesus said, he looked up to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 1. Now, what did Jesus call God? Father. Now, that's important because now he said it in other places in John also, like in 11, he says, I no longer am in the world, and yet, they themselves are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. You know, that's what, that's what, that's what he, he, he calls him. Father. Father. This is Jesus. Verse 24. It says, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am. He calls him Father. Father. Everybody should wake up on today like today and we should say to the Father, our Heavenly Father, Happy Father's Day, Lord. Happy Father's Day. Let's do that now. Can we do that? Happy Father's Day, Lord. I hear five. Let's try it again. (laughs) Happy Father's Day, Lord. Now, is, is he your father? Is he not? See, we, we don't have to we don't have to say God. Like he's some distant person. He's our father. He's our heavenly father. We need to start relating to him. That's what we're talking about on, on, on this one now, number three, is relating to him as our really father. See, until we do that, 
until we start looking to our Heavenly Father, we are not going to be really healed like we should. You can pray for one another, that's fine, but we're going to be disappointed if we only look to our earthly fathers, if we are only concerned with our spiritual fathers, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be hurt because there is nobody in this world that can hold a candle to the heavenly father. He's perfect. And no other person is perfect. None. So we have to look to our heavenly father. We just got to start relating to him. That's part of the healing process. Because we think our heavenly father, like I can think my, well, my father shouldn't have been harsh to me. Well, my heavenly father is not harsh to me. I got to stop comparing, saying what, what my father, my earthly father should have done. He wouldn't even say when I grew up. So how is he going to do something that, that, that he couldn't do? It wasn't in him to do. Now I can hold him, you didn't even marry my mother. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have laid with if you didn't, didn't want to marry her. Well, you can say that, but then the man is, he was a heathen just like I was a heathen. Right? We all were before we got saved. So there should be some mercy and grace there. And we said, Father, you are the one who is compassionate. You are gentle. See, because he is. Then we, 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 we stop looking at our earthly fathers, whether it be our, our biological father, or whether it be our stepfather, whether it be our um, spiritual father. It doesn't matter who he is. We, we are looking to him for up there for everything we have need of. That's what we're looking for. You need to teach your children to do the same thing. It's important because the only way they're going to honor you is because of God. Honor your father and mother. This is right. right. In the Lord, this is right. Now, let's go a little further. Another one, we said number one was we need to pray. Number two, we said we need to be healed and look to our Heavenly Father. Number three, we need to relate to our Heavenly Father like Jesus does. We need to start imitating our earthly Father. Do not imitate, I mean our Heavenly Father. Do not imitate our earthly Father. Earthly Father. My never told me when we, when we got married because she was around my earthly Father some, a little bit. And she said, if you ever treat me like your father treats Miss Lily, and that was my Stepmother, because he, he got married to a lady. That's Miss Lily. I call him Miss Lily. If you ever treat me like that, you're history. Because he was harsh to her, too. And honestly, some of that, because I was in that environment, when things didn't go right, when she wouldn't do the things I asked her to do, sometimes I'd get upset. And then I'll slip into that mold that I had seen my father do is verbal, you know, say something to her like, like I own her or something. Because that's how my father was to Miss Lily. It's like he owned her and he talked to her like a child. And I'll slip into that sometime and, and she'll look at me and I'll say, okay, I'm going <laughs> Okay, you know, hey, forgive me, yeah, you know. But you see, I don't want to imitate my earthly father. I want to imitate my Heavenly Father, he's compassionate, he's gentle, he's loving, 
He's caring. He spends time with me. He never abuse, abru- verbally abuses me. You know, somebody said, well, you know, as long as somebody doesn't physically abuse you, it's all right. What? Don't you ever tell anybody that. Verbal abuse is bad. Jesus has never verbal abused his bride. Is that correct? Never. So that's what we have to look to. And Ephesians says, you know, be, imitate God as dear children. Ephesians 5, 1. So we need to do that. Relate to our Heavenly Father like Jesus did and said. And the last thing we need to do is that we need to start honoring our earthly fathers if they are still living. We need to honor our earthly fathers if they are still living. Regardless of what they did do or didn't do, uh, Jesus didn't say, honor your father, which is the first commandment with a promise. He didn't say that if things go well with you. He says that and things will go well with you if you do this, honor your father and mother. In other words, it's not, you're not going to honor your father just because they are doing something right. They please you. You honor your father because of Christ's sake. It's right in the Lord's eyes because God loved us, died for us when we were yet sinners. Why can't you just honor them when they are sinners? Even they say they're Christians. So you can call your earthly father and say, hey, I just want to wish you happy Father's Day. I really appreciate you. That means a lot. You say, but I don't mean it. You don't mean it. Why can't you mean it when God told you? Well, then, then you need to say it. Call those things that be not as though they were, because that's what God does. Call those things that be not. And then go in your prayer closet, and then you say, God, heal me. Heal me. Heal the hurts that I've experienced. Because there are some serious hurts that people have experienced from their father. That's real. Also, let's go a step further. Since there is so much fatherlessness in society, God wants us to be spiritual fathers. Let's go, let's go back to our verse in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, let's start in verse 15. For if you were to have countless tutors or teachers in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Now, let me ask you something. Did Paul, did Apostle Paul have any Spiritual children. Yes. Timothy was one of them, wasn't he? Titus was another one. There are plenty of people, plenty of young men around here that need spiritual fathers. There are plenty of fathers' homes that somebody could take an interest and this little fellow, while you're taking your sons out or your daughters out, you can get this other person's daughter and take them with your daughters or son and take them with your sons out, camping or whatever you do. You can take somebody out and, and, and show this person what a healthy family looks like. 
You could do that. But it takes time. It takes effort. But if you're going to care about what God cares about, you would do some of those things. Now, let me tell you what God is. God, he loves the person, uh, like the widows, the orphans. You don't don't mess with them. You don't mess with the fathers and the widows and the orphans. You don't mess with them because God is their protector. And do you know that, that God loves somebody who will adopt somebody? You know that? Do you know that we were adopted into the family of God? Unless you're a Jew, you were adopted. Right? The Gentiles were adopted. Yeah. We're drafted in. How does he treat us? Does he treat us any different? No. No. The Jew and the Gentile has to come the same way to Christ for salvation, don't they? He loves them, right? They're going to be drafted back in. Don't you worry about that. The Jews are going to be saved. So, um, but I'm saying to you that I've seen people who couldn't have children adopt somebody and then God opened their womb to have a child. I've seen all sorts of things. God loves that. How much more does he love somebody who would take an interest in some catastrophe that's happened and this husband and wife team split up for some reason, is a mother to the reason, and she's trying to bring up these, these children, and she's working. They don't have them. They come home to nobody's home because the parents are working. Sometimes they're working third shift. Sometimes they're working second, second shift. Um, and somebody needs to take an interest. Paul did. He took an interest in Timothy. Timothy had a physical father, a biological father. He did. He was a Greek, but he had a biological father. But Paul took him with him. Yeah, he did. Barnabas took his cousin, John Mark, took him with him. I'm telling you, you know, take an interest in, in people. Be a father to somebody. Be a father. I was telling the lady, I said, well, uh, how's, it, how's it going with situations? Oh, you know, it's, it's pretty bad, but, you know, we, we, God's going to get us through. I said, well, maybe sometimes, you know, I can um, maybe get to know the son a little better. And they said, yeah, that, that'll be good. People want their child seeing what a godly father is like. That's what they want. But it takes time and interest more than ourselves. It takes that. And money, too, because we had to spend a little bit of money. If we're going out to eat somewhere, you're going to take somebody else's more money that you have to spend. Okay. That's what he wants. Also, here's, here's, here's something that you're not going to like, but I'm going to tell you anyway. God wants us, all of you young people, to have spiritual fathers. And I, I had to count myself young, too, uh, because I have a spiritual father, too. I do. I do. And I, I, I text him on his, on, on his uh, anniversary, the happy anniversary. Hadn't seen him and, and, and talked to him in a while. But, uh, matter of fact, I have now somebody else working with me. But it still doesn't um, stop me from being grateful for what God did in our relationship when, we, when he was right tight with me, helping me. And that's Jerry Daly. And I'm going to text him today, 
Happy Father's Day. Because he has been a father figure trying to help me through the 18 years of ministry. That's very important. And now Randy Thornton is working with me. I can text him, Happy Father's Day. He's a father. Men don't want spiritual fathers. If they have biological fathers, even if they don't have biological fathers, they don't want spiritual fathers. They don't want nobody telling them what to do. They don't want nobody speaking in their life. But let me tell you, God will use somebody just for you to bounce things off on. Somebody just to listen to you. And whether you know it or not, there are people that have more wisdom than you do in this world. Just just a thought now. Okay. I know that there are people who have more wisdom than I have. So if I can have a spiritual father and more than one, then why can't you have somebody that you bounce things off of? And God has to do the work now. God has to do the work. I try to do that with, with young, young people. Anyway, I try to, you know, get with them. I try to, you know, uh, work with them or whatever the situation is. Uh, I, I did that with uh, uh, Jason. Uh, when y'all first came, I didn't have any children, just you and Jason coming down to Little Lynchburg from Oral Roberts University uh, and, and working with, with, with Jason and, and Joy. Uh, this was years ago. Years ago. How many years ago has that been? I don't know when y'all came. About 14 years ago? Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I hope they appreciate it. Do you appreciate it, Joe? Yeah, she's going to say yes. Yeah, she's going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a time in their lives where they need somebody to, to, to you know, to bounce things off on, you know. Uh, I couldn't be a, I'm, I'm not a friend to people. I was never Jason's friend. Yeah. He got other people as friends, you know, like, you know, that, that go camping with him. He can forget that. I'm not going camping, you know. Uh, but to be somebody he can bounce things off with, somebody can give him wisdom on marriage and things like that, uh, and I can, I can do that. But I'm telling you, be a father, find somebody. Jared Daly didn't come and say, hey, I want to be your spiritual father. We didn't even use those terms, matter of fact. I just called him and said, hey, can you, can you mentor me? Can you, can I, can I? I need you to help me to learn what I'm supposed to do as a pastor. Because he's been pastoring years and years longer than I have. And he said, yeah, I can do that. Come to North Carolina every Friday while I'm working with my group, I'll work with you. That's a price to pay, to go to North Carolina every single Friday. That's, that's, that's wear and tear on that vehicle. But I did that. Uh, so, and like Randy Thornton, we'll Facebook uh, we were doing it once a week. Uh, now we're doing it starting uh, this month. We're doing it once a month. Because uh, he's working with other people now. So uh, you, 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 look at, you look out and you ask somebody. That's what you do. You ask somebody. Hey, can I bounce some things off you sometime? Sure, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Find a spiritual father and be a spiritual father to somebody. Those are the things that we can do. Number one was what? Be healed. And pray, 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 pray. Just please don't. They've got to pray. Pray, right? Pray, pray, pray. Ask people to be praying for this situation. And number two, be healed. And look to Jesus. 
Number three, relate. Relate to our Heavenly Father as Father because He is. Learn from Him uh, and, and, and pattern after Him. So we'll know how to, how to do it. We can't look to our earthly fathers. Uh, we have to look to Jesus Christ. He's a, he's, a, he's a perfect one. And number four was to honor our earthly father, honor him, and uh, that is very important. We want to be a spiritual father and to find a spiritual father. Okay, let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.